0: Hey everyone. This is Alex from This Family Tree Podcast. I'm here with my husband Shane. Baby Lou is in bed. The cat is in her room and I'm so glad that you could join us for happy hour for This Family Tree Podcast episode 31.
1: Boom. I'm going to close the door.
0: Yes. Shane opened the door because he was hot. Now it's too cold. But it is because you just took a real steamy shower. So 31 episodes, 31 years old. I feel good. This has been a nice weekend, a good birthday weekend. And Uh,
1: you were just saying as I was in the shower that it still feels like a Saturday.
0: It still feels like a Saturday. So typically, you know when you have that week after Christmas and before New Year's and you don't know what day it is, they all blend in so much together. And you're just kind of waking up, stuffing your face and going to sleep. Quarantine life is similar.
1: I don't find it similar at all. I was just going to say the opposite.
0: Well, here's the thing. Because we have scheduled our dates. I'm guessing I'm saying it could be similar. Yeah. But because we have implemented a schedule that works so well for us, the weekdays still feel like weekdays. And today still 100% feels like a Saturday.
1: Yeah. I've been, I was talking to all, uh, not all my work friends, but some people who are working. And I was like, are you working way more from home than you were at work? And everyone said yes, almost (laughs) double. So it's much busier work week for me. Yeah. I'm appreciating the weekends even more than I did before, like way more. And this somehow feels like a super Saturday.
0: A super Saturday.
1: Yeah, like, you know, when uh, you have a really uh, stressful week at work
0: mm-hmm. and
1: the weekend comes and the Saturday just feels all the more like a Saturday. Oh, yeah, definitely. So uh, all I'm saying <laughs> is this is even more of a Saturday for me.
0: Well, I we got a busy work week gone, wife's birthday success, yep. and surviving the first week of coronavirus pandemic in canada true so it is pretty big news um we we went for a walk today as we have been doing every day that's a part of our schedule obviously and we saw a funny scene at the place where we normally walk so where we go it's just like it's an open field and then there's a little path on the escarpment and then opens up to another little field with trees that we usually like to climb today however it Was just there was so many people it's usually dead. We're like the only people there
1: because it's saturday
0: Well, exactly and it was so busy and not only was it so busy But there were about what seven musicians. Yeah, so we see people with big bags And I asked Shane. I was like, oh, do you think that's a news team and they're gonna You know, maybe do a story out here and then they start taking these brass and wind instruments out of bags.
1: Probably the worst type of instrument oh to be playing gosh. outdoors in public.
0: When there's a crisis that's air, airborne, mm-hmm. essentially. And so then they all set up. And by the way, when they were first meeting, they were like in close quarters with each other going over notes. And I mean within inches of each other's well, faces. When they were
1: joking about social distancing, like, guys, shouldn't we be social distancing? Big laugh. And then one of them said, well, I thought you were supposed to be our medical professional. Joking. I guess the person went to school for something about medicine.
0: It was disappointing to see. So they set up at this, you know, this really nice lookout spot. And they just started playing their instruments. It's like at least maybe go for strings at this point. Because the one guy's got like a tuba. And all you can picture when you see him playing it is just his spit droplets just spit Mm -hmm. whooshing out of it and hitting passersby in the face and just spreading disease.
1: So uh, although we had thought a lot of people were taking this seriously Mm because people we know are taking it seriously, there's a ton of people who aren't taking it seriously. Yeah. And just a simple peruse on Facebook, there's all these debates of, People like we just, you were just involved in a debate where someone was saying, shouldn't we just get it over with already and have everyone get sick and save the economy? Because it's an inevitability that people may all get it anyway. He was more posing this as a question like, do you think this is a good idea or not? And some people thought it was a good idea. Of
0: course, some people do because some people don't give a shit about people Mm -hmm. if they're not in their family directly or, yeah. you know, directly in their lives.
1: And these people tend to lean towards the Trump. Like if they were of in the course. States, these, pe- <laughs> these people would have been Trump supporters. But Trump is even saying, take this seriously. Of so course. that's how you know you should kind of yeah. stand down and, and listen. And uh, you, like we were saying on our last podcast, we had listened to the that doctor from yes, McMaster. Our greenwald. And that was pretty sobering because at first I, I had been sent this. And I was telling some people about it. And they were like, oh, is this this probably somewhere else in the world? And I was like, yeah, it probably was. Because I'd only listened mm-hmm. to it. But I didn't do any research on the etymology of it. I found found out this guy's at our doorstep pretty yeah. much. From Hamilton, a doctor at McMaster Which Hospital. Is
0: the hospital that I take all my appointments at and will be giving birth at.
1: So that was pretty frightening for yeah. me. And just feeling how bad it could get. And mm-hmm. even what what is... What was silly last week isn't silly now, and what's silly next week might... or What, what,
0: what, what won't what be... What seems... <laughs> what's serious next week?
1: Yeah. Does anyone know what I mean? You're silly. Am I? But anyway, I recommend people listen to it because mm-hmm. I thought it totally uh, put into perspective how careful we have to be, and I was already being extremely careful, even seeing how close you were getting to the brass instruments.
0: And I was like... 40 feet away.
1: But those things project. And I, <laughs> I could pretty much see that the droplets coming out of that guy's trombone. And they're playing Christmas songs, too. It's like, pick a better... Oh, yeah.
0: They were playing what the... Fa-la-la-la. Mm-hmm. What is that song? La-la-la. Deck the Halls. They're yeah. playing Deck the Halls. It's spring. I My was going to yell. tree is budding.
1: I was going to yell. You're killing me. Literally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but there were so many problems with it. So one first thing is just all, all the noisy spit instruments... Secondly, they were all together spreading stuff. Third, Christmas tunes. And fourthly, people were stopping and watching within, you know, an area. And every time we saw people that were above the age of what 60, they were in groups of 3 or 4. It's like you guys are not all living at the same house, I can guarantee it. They were like couples of boomers walking around. And they were in like holding hands, like in Close quarters oh, yeah. with teenagers
1: and seniors seem to be the two groups that aren't taking this as seriously as they should.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's the other thing. We saw a ton of teenagers walking around the streets after in groups. And then yeah. I'm thinking, all right, so these teenagers, I get it. When you're a teenager, you feel invincible, and you kind of are, in a sense. Uh, but then they're going home, and maybe they have parents that are still going to work. Maybe they have parents that have to be in at work. Maybe these kids themselves, because who works at the grocery stores at checkout, and who works at the drive-thru at McDonald's? Teenagers. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in our city of Hamilton, uh, an hour before recording this podcast, one McDonald's was just shut down because... Yeah. Somebody working there has just tested positive with COVID-19. Yep. And it's, it's freaky. Well,
1: here's the problem. We're always told to not give in to fear-mongering. Fear-mongering is such like a bad word and it's, yes. it's, it has such a negative connotation. We actually need fear-mongering right now because not enough people are scared. Mm-hmm. So what I've been doing is people who aren't acting appropriately, I fear-monger them. And people <laughs> who are, yeah, I, may, I comfort them. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to be because my sister was not really... Like I was telling her about it and it was almost like she was just new to earth. I felt like I had to explain all the precautions and things How you should do. How long ago was this? This was five days ago. Okay. But a lot of people were like that yeah. five days ago. So I was uh, making her very scared. So she would take it seriously. And my other friends who are acting very scared and they're following all the proper precautions they're being overly careful as everyone should be i'm comforting them Mm -hmm. and just saying everything's going to be okay
0: especially if we're all doing these things right that's the thing because the more people that are doing these things the better we're all going to be and the
1: the, the scary part for me is what i'm noticing is a lot of people who are charismatic leaders independent thinkers they're all the people who are tending to break the rules because they have the belief that they don't want to be sheep and their whole life, that has been a successful thing for them. In my friend group, uh, I have this chat group that has about 30 or 40 guys in it. And after this news broke last Wednesday, uh, someone posed the question, I'm having a party Saturday night. How many of you would it attend? Mm-hmm. Out of the 20 people who voted, because he put up a little vote thing, 14 of them said yes, they would attend. And it wasn't all the idiots of my friend group saying yes. It was all the smartest guys in the group, including a university professor, uh, people who own and run successful businesses, all the people who typically think outside of the box and are are very forward thinking people were all the people to ignore the advice of health professionals. And that's what's scaring me that I'm seeing a lot of these people on Facebook, these same types of people who are very influential and charismatic, ignoring the rules, and then these people are going to have it spiral out of control.
0: No, I agree. Um, and actually, because I had the same reaction. So I just like everybody being on the same page. And it's kind of funny, like we ordered our groceries because we're not grocery shopping, obviously. Couldn't bring myself to go to into a grocery store at this point. And again, neither could my parents. Uh, so we're all getting them delivered. So we had the delivery person, you know, they just dropped, us, dropped them off on the porch and left like zero looking at them even. And then Shane puts on gloves, brings them to the back door, which is right by the kitchen. And then opens all the bags in which I will then take out the products and put into a hot soapy sink. Mm -hmm. And I washed every single thing in our grocery order, including like we ripped open all the cans of non-alcoholic beer. And I washed each one individually and then put them on our counter. Mm -hmm. Because like, yeah, extreme, maybe, but we're taking no chances it's just not worth it and we
1: might even be doing this wrong like next week we might say I cannot believe we actually did that and that's the way we have to be you know what I mean information is so crucial yeah
0: no and I also don't think that it's like I don't become too afraid by listening to this some of it will get me down but in the end it's reassuring because Mm -hmm. I'm Just thinking to myself, okay, I'm doing my part. I'm doing everything I can. This is good. And if more people do their part, then that's also good. And then we can, you know, nip this in as much of the bud that is left. Uh, So I don't find it scary. I find it almost empowering. Mm -hmm. Like, I like all this information. Well, the
1: problem is, too, yesterday I had heard this doctor speaking of how vigilant you need to be and what he's seen and his recommendations and I wanted to send it to you, but it was your birthday. And I knew we were going to be in contact mm-hmm. with your brother Jake and Alana who hadn't necessarily been following all the guidelines because they are in a safer position than us. But I, I, I want to be so polite and not rock the boat. I didn't send it to you because I didn't want it to interfere with your decision to interact with them. I just wanted you to be very careful. Yeah. And I wanted I was going to send it to John and Lorna, but I was like, they're going to think I'm just being a jerk. But I can't think that way because this transcends being a polite person, of course. manners. Because this thing is more airborne than people realize. Like I was listening to an airborne disease specialist. Mm-hmm. He said stopping this is like trying to stop the wind, and that really resonated with me. You're looking at your phone. Do we have to call?
0: We have a caller. So okay. we've got a lot of couples in quarantine these days, and Shane and I, as we were talking about on mini podcast number four. That we're, we feel pretty lucky to be quarantined with each other because we get along. We like each other.
1: I think I called you my best friend. You
0: did call me your best friend, and I am never going to forget that and always remind you of it. But we do have a sex therapist and relationship therapist that is going to come on the line with us.
1: Th- this is the person who I listen to their podcast? No, with the silky she's smooth coming oils? on after. Okay.
0: Uh, so this is Dr. Lauren Fogel Mercy. And I found her online. That's an amazing name. Yeah. I was looking up uh, respected uh, relationship or marriage therapists with Instagram accounts. And then she was in like a list of the top 10. We're excited to have her on the line. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Is this Lauren? Yes. Hi, Lauren. This is Alex and Shane from this Family Tree podcast. Thank you so much for taking our call tonight. Oh, sure. My pleasure. Are you in Toronto? We are just outside of Toronto. We are in Hamilton. I'm from Toronto. Are you really? Because you are working in Minnesota. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Minneapolis now, but yeah, originally from Toronto. I grew up in North York.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well, former neighbor. (laughs) Super happy to have you on. Yeah, absolutely. So you are a relationship and sex therapist. Are you able to just get into a little bit more of what it is that you do for couples?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, what I do for couples is a couple of things. Um, I'm specialized as a certified sex therapist. So uh, what I do is a lot of work around people. I mean, some people call it sexual dysfunction. I'm not a big fan of that language, Mm -hmm. but people who are struggling with their sexual response or have like differences uh, between partners when it comes to what they want sexually So that's a large part of what I do. And then for um, relationship therapy, I do a number of things, mainly helping people who feel like they are stuck or um, like difficulty with communication, that sort of thing.
0: Okay. So we have questions uh, from some listeners that pertain to being in quarantine with your partner or your spouse, which is... So Shane and I were just saying we feel pretty lucky because we like each other a lot. So it works out for us. But yeah, I mean, after a certain amount of time in quarantine, even if you like each other, you're going to, you know, come across some obstacles and some things are going to get difficult. So we have some questions. Uh, The first one. So do you have any tips on rekindling intimacy after kids? And again, I can only imagine when you're in this position, and you're trying to make the best of it, you're at home, you're stuck at home, throw kids into the mix, having intimacy once the kids go to bed is going to be extra important during this time. Yeah, I mean, I think,
2: you know, there's sort of what we advise in general, and then these are sort of special circumstances right now. Mm -hmm. In general, what we usually recommend, what I usually recommend is for couples or partners to set aside some time where they deliberately make intimacy a priority, but to keep it really flexible because, you know, if you try to schedule something specific, a lot of times that can end up falling through because you're tired or you're not feeling well or you're not feeling into it. And so I often will recommend, you know, just setting aside some time for one-on-one to either cuddle or kiss or caress or you know just some time together that's just for the two of you so you know that way you can kind of make make something work amongst whatever the circumstances are i think during this time we can do something similar as well i think we just have to be you know gentle with ourselves knowing that maybe some of the things that are priorities to us we just may not be able to do all of those things right now
1: and is there any advice for uh the stress going on right now because i know when I'm stressed out, I'm actually. What's the medical term for horny? What's the best? <laughs> I get. I get more uh, in the mood when I'm stressed. Oddly, but some people may right. not. So, is there any tips for how to get in the mood in a in a time of the world right now, where it doesn't really seem like a, a sexy time?
2: Yeah, I think people tend to go in either direction. Some people get more interested, and some people get less when they're feeling stressed. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And, you know, when your basic sense of safety is feeling compromised, which is what we're all experiencing right now, um, it really makes sense that, you know, being sexually interested or aroused may or may not fit for you right now. So um, I think just, you know, doing our best to manage stress as best we can. And often that includes Um, things that have to do with the body, because stress is something that's felt in the body.
3: Mm -hmm. So if
2: you're able to go for a walk around the neighborhood, you know, keeping social distance, or if you're able to do some meditation or some yoga or some stretching, those kind of things where we stay mobilized and moving in our bodies will help us to move through some of the stress. Mm -hmm.
1: And a lot of people like the it's the old saying like, Oh, I'm not in the mood. Is it worth it to try to like force the mood and kind of make the mood happen? Like I I know Alex and I try a a technique where we'll just act like we're gonna give each other a massage and there's no pressure to have sex.
2: Right. Yeah. Well it's operating on the idea of responsive desire. Mm -hmm. And that basically means that, you know, a lot of us think of desire as spontaneous, where it just sort of emerges out of the blue for a lot of people. Uh, their desire is more responsive. And what that means is it's responding to context. So if you're just, you know, watching the news or with kids all day or doing, you know, day-to-day stuff, that may not be very sexually relevant or appealing. Mm -hmm. But if you start doing something like caressing and massaging and spending intimate time together, that might be sexually relevant and appealing. And so that can actually turn on, the circuits that kind of say hey let's move towards this Mm -hmm. right
0: another thing that i was wondering do you have advice for couples that are you know on lockdown with each other so in our household anyway we are just trying to be extra nice to each other and extra accommodating and that's working out for us but aside from that what advice would you give couples that aren't used to spending so much time together
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a couple of things. One would be to create some, um, if you can, some rituals on a daily basis. So whether that's, you know, we come together to have meals or we sit together and watch a movie or, you know, something that we do together that's ritualized so that we can feel like there's a structure and a routine that we can count on. But then the other side of that is to, if possible, try to also have some time apart And even if that's, you know, physically not possible because you live in a small living space, um, even just, you know, putting on headphones or, you know, doing different things at the same time just to give yourself a bit of a break. So you have that time to, you know, Mm re-energize or get the space that you might be needing.
0: Yep. No, that's great. And now another one. So, like, I personally have been affected by the crisis going on in my line of work. So I'm, I'm a teacher. Uh, so I'm actually – I'm out of work for the remainder of the school year. But because I'm not permanent, I've lost my job and I won't be making anything. And there are some listeners of this podcast whose spouses have lost their jobs due to it. What is a way in which they can be there uh, to support them emotionally?
2: I think – you know, what's really hard is we tend to be uncomfortable around these conversations and these situations. And so we have a, an unintentional tendency to be dismissive. And sometimes dismissiveness can be not negative, but through positivity, like, don't worry, it'll be okay. It's all Mm -hmm. fine. And that can end up feeling like it's shutting down the conversation or the connection. Yes. And so Just sort of being there to say, you know, I hear you. This is really rough and let's, you know, talk about it. Um, That's, you know, a way to just sort of sit with it. Oftentimes we're not looking for solutions. We're looking for someone to just be there.
0: Absolutely. You know, I I felt that too, like when I was pregnant with my first daughter and about to go through childbirth the first time, I just remember talking about how scared I was. And Shane's a positive guy, so his response was always, oh, like, you'll be fine, you're you're great, like, you know, you're in shape, your body's going to handle this so well. And even uh-huh. that positivity, I found, I was almost like, oh, just admit this is going to be hard for me or something like that. And so I get uh-huh. what you mean there. I think that's a really good point to mm-hmm.
2: make. Yeah, we just need to feel validated. And so there's some, you know, simple ways that you can practice doing that. And I don't know if folks are familiar with the Gottmans who are sort of couple therapy gurus, and um, they have an app that you can download for free to your phone, which is a great resource, especially at a time like this. Mm -hmm. And it's called the Gottman Relationship Checkup. No, no, it's not. That's (laughs) (laughs) That's what I use with my clients. It's called the uh, Gottman Card Decks is what it's called. And uh, it's a free app and it has all these different, you know, they used to be physical decks of cards. Now they're just different icons. And in there it has a whole series on, you know, how to express empathy and how to be a good listener and questions to ask your partner. So it's really a great resource, especially at this time where you might be, you know, cooped up together, Mm -hmm. that it'll kind of act as a guide for some of these conversations, or even just ways to, you know, dive a little bit deeper with each other.
0: Mm -hmm. And do you have any other resources that you might recommend, whether it's a book, an essay, an app uh, that we could recommend to listeners who might you know, need a little bit of help through this trying period?
2: Yeah. You know, what I've been saying to folks lately is that a lot of the things that we generally talk about with couples are going to apply to this as well, maybe just in some, you know, variation or or nuanced ways. Um, The number one book I recommend to couples is called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. And that's by John Gottman.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay, absolutely. So we will, yeah, we'll throw those up for sure so that people can see where to get them.
2: Yeah, that's going to be a really good read in terms of getting up to date with the research and what we know about what makes relationships last.
1: Mm -hmm. And and lastly, and obviously there's no way to uh, know this, but in your opinion, do you think this during this period of quarantine and I- isolation where you're just kind of in a room with your partner for a prolonged period, will that be helpful to relationships in the long run? Or do you think there, there's going to be a ton of people filing for divorce after this is all said and done?
2: Well, if we look to China as our example, because they're weeks ahead of us, apparently, and I don't know if this is supported by data, but the rumor is that there have been an uptick of uh, requests for divorce after the eight or twelve weeks of quarantine that they've been in, so I think that it, it's <laughs> I was trying, not trying to lie. time, and I know that's not hopeful. Yeah, <laughs> um, okay. but I think I think what it means is that if you. Um, you know, don't take a moment to maybe be intentional, to practice kindness, to give some space when it's needed, to, you know, create some rituals so that things aren't just coming at you in every direction. I think it could actually be a time to strengthen relationships. I think we just have to mm-hmm. be intentional about
0: that. And if there's one piece of information that you could tell a couple to, to try to practice, one thing that they could practice during this time, what would that be based on what you know about couples and relationships? Um, I think the the best practice at
2: this point with everything that's going on and feeling inundated with information and emotion mm-hmm. is to practice a daily uh, we call it this daily stress reducing conversation and that's a Gottman uh, concept and basically that's you know if you were going out of the house to work, you would come home and basically talk about your day and a lot of couples already do this and you're goal at that point is to just really be supportive and really understand the experiences that your partner had throughout Mm -hmm. the day and show up for them in a really supportive and empathetic way. And so we can still do that even if we're Mm -hmm. quarantined together all day and maybe saving some of the time for, you know what, if we want to talk about how the news is affecting us or how we're feeling or what's going on, maybe we have a specific time in the evening to do that Mm -hmm. together.
1: And is there any truth that men aren't as good at, about listening about a, a woman's day in, in your findings?
2: Um, I think that the research does show that men do tend to have a little more tendency towards like a fix-it mentality. Mm-hmm. So, and that might come across as sort of that more dismissive positivity where it's just like, hey, here's what you should do, or hey, everything's going to be okay. And I think that's largely because of how men are taught and socialized.
1: -hmm. Right, so keep your head up, kiddo. Isn't good advice (laughs) that I've been giving, Alex.
2: Not, not
0: so helpful. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) I appreciate that, Lauren.
1: (laughs) And uh, what, what is your Instagram so people listening right now can uh, go check you out and give you a follow?
2: Sure, it's at Doctor Lauren Fogle Mercy.
1: That's an amazing name, by the way. That's up there with uh, Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things for coolest name.
2: It's very cool. We love it a lot. We were talking about
0: that before we called you
2: thank you i just changed my name last year when i got married and i was pretty excited about the name mercy because it's just a cool name absolutely
1: and and there's no yeah. trickiness to spelling fogel that's just f-o-g-e-l
2: f-o-g-e-l and then mercy the trick is it's an s not a y uh, F, not a c perfect. gotcha
1: nice
0: yeah perfect well lauren yeah. thank you so so much for joining us tonight Uh, That was super informative. Folks, go give Lauren a follow. And Lauren, stay safe and uh, be well over in Minneapolis. Thanks. You too. You as well. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Thanks. What did you think of the advice to have a conversation when you get in from your day and be intentional about your responses and your listening?
1: Something I need to probably work on when you're telling me about your day embarrassingly to admit that I'm sometimes zoning out and thinking about other things Yeah, and it's like I shouldn't be doing that but I don't know why like I I I care I do
0: no I know you do and this is why I want to ask you about that piece of advice specifically because I know that you zone out and I can see it and then I'll ask you something and it always takes you a second to kind of mentally Mm -hmm. catch up so I know you do but at the same time I do know you care so that I'm always confused as to why that happens.
1: I think I always feel like I'm one step behind. So I'm trying to multitask in my mind a lot. I haven't been <laughs> doing that recently. But I'm like, okay, how can I do this? Okay, I should do 100 push-ups right now. And then listen to her. Oh, we got to watch this show. Oh, I wish we could do this. Oh, I got to watch a movie for the podcast tomorrow. Uh, like I'm, I'm thinking about a million things. Like I'm very – my motor is always running. But sometimes it's not – running at full capacity mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a disservice when you have so many things going on at once.
0: Yeah, and then half the time when we're calling, talking, sorry, JR calls and then it's interrupted for a half mm-hmm. hour anyway. Well, also,
1: too, like especially in a time like this, JR doesn't have anyone. So well, he's we have Got we, you. We, well, <laughs> exactly. And sometimes that's pressure, know. you know, and I have I have some people in my life who depend on me yeah. and I not not that like, you know, I'm giving myself way too much credit here, but Uh, I just don't like to be rude or leave someone hanging.
0: I know, that's the thing. I think we both have to get better at if somebody's, you know, getting overwhelmed or talking about something that was hard during the day, even if it sounds trivial to the other person. This isn't just us. Like I hear a lot of my friends talking about this. But even if it doesn't mean anything to you, Mm -hmm. knowing that it means something to your partner, you need to force yourself to tune out everything else, all the other noise and all the other people and zero in on that for that moment.
1: My problem is sometimes I know that you are talking and you're not looking for advice and you're not necessarily saying something that's riling you up a ton. So I like giving advice. I think I'm good at it and I also am good at getting pissed off at a kid who's giving you lip (laughs) <laughs> but sometimes you're just talking just to talk, right? Mm. And and that's a, a part of what she's saying. It's just to feel listened to, to kind of uh, have a witness to your life, and yeah. and have someone hear about your day. I'm not good at that unless it's like, get this, or yeah. how would I get out of this situation? My brain likes unlocking puzzles, and I'm not good if there's no puzzle to lock into, or if there's not some kid to where I can be like I'm I'm going to go kill him you know <laughs> like cuz I I like defending your honor a lot and I like helping you with things
0: And and here and this is the thing and it's even for us mm. who consider ourselves to be best friends and having a great time really during this quarantine because we get to Mm -hmm. spend time together and that's a rarity for us during the week especially there's still things that we need to work on there's still things that everybody needs to work on in every relationship so yeah i do think that it's so good and that advice so much of what she said to everybody will be able to kind of extrapolate something that means something to them
1: and it's like in the way that you watch television sometimes when i want you to be present with me just so we can have a shared experience That's the way I should be with you. Exactly, yeah. Which is being there. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, next on the line, we are going to call podcaster and vlogger and blogger. She really does it all.
1: And she has a silky smooth voice and some the amazing smoothest. audio uh, equipment Yeah, we're match. we're
0: jealous of her podcasting equipment. But this is Amanda Muse. Hi there. Hey, Amanda. Thanks for taking our call. This is uh, Alex and Shane. Hello.
1: Hi there. First question, is your real name Amanda Muse?
4: Last name is not my real name, but first name is Amanda,
1: yes. Gotcha. Okay. We were debating it because we, <laughs> we just got off the line with another doctor who had a very cool name. It almost didn't seem real, but hers was real. <laughs>
0: yeah. So this, this is your uh, internet stage name? Yeah, you know what? Because I
4: started so long ago. Nobody was using their real names back then.
1: And it is smarter because spelling yeah. is so important, especially on Instagram. If they can't spell it, maybe they can't find you, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. How long have you been in the blogging game, vlogging game? What did you start first?
4: Mm, I started with YouTube. Okay. Um, yeah, so I like went straight for it. And I started eight years ago. Oh, good wow. for you. So would you say yeah. you
1: got... Uh, in just under at the right time, or are you kind of uh, boxed out of that sweet spot when all, all the people were really getting a good fan base? It's
4: hard to say. I feel like I was such an anomaly at the time because nobody was having babies and talking about it on the internet. Like, it right. wasn't a thing. Everyone was like, don't don't talk about being a mom. Like, you have to be so many other things. Yeah. So, I don't know, though. I feel like in Canada, we're lucky. Like, the the pool is a bit smaller, so... I think I've been in it at the right time. Sometimes I, I wish I'd gotten in sooner, but my life was so different then. So oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, on YouTube, it always seems like the best time to start is yesterday. But now it <laughs> seems like to join is very impossible to to get some traction and get in that uh, coveted algorithm.
0: Even on like Instagram, anything, mm-hmm. yeah. it's it's so hard to make mm-hmm. any kind of mark, and especially like Shane and I have been talking about this time period specifically. Content is just getting lost in the mix because everybody's at home, everybody's producing content.
1: Well, mm-hmm. well, now all the, the people who typically are being actors or singers, they're mm-hmm. at home too, so they've got everyone's attention because now they're the ultimate uh, Instagrammer, right? Because mm-hmm. they're, Ariana Grande is not on tour right now. She's doing an Instagram live and performing. How do I compete with that? Yeah, so you'd think right now <laughs> it'd be a great time, but it's actually secretly not because you were getting less uh, eyeballs.
4: You find?
1: Me, I, I, I
0: really... i, like, I got to speak wait. for myself. You're, you're blowing up
1: here. We're, we're trying to make ourselves feel better.
0: But then again, Amanda, you have... Uh, this is part of the reason we wanted you on the line because I am very new at this. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it for just two years. Mm-hmm. And that in itself has been difficult. But so worth it and so much fun. So... I've had a great time, but I wanted to ask you as the experienced internet person, Mm -hmm. uh, what do you find people are looking for in this time of crisis? Because I've seen people avoid talking Mm -hmm. about it completely and just say, hey, I'm not going down that road. And Mm -hmm. then I see other people that are saying, look, it's almost dishonest not to talk about it. So where do you lie on that spectrum?
4: Okay. So I I feel exactly what you're saying because I am noticing that there's like this, there's this spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got like the people preparing for doomsday. And even as I say that, I just had to take a deep breath because I'm like, for the love, like it's Mm -hmm. so heavy, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like. Who isn't living under, unless you're living under a rock, you are reading the news articles, you're checking the news, you're trying to monitor your mental health. So I find it's finding that middle ground right now where, Mm -hmm. you know, what is it that you specifically offer your audience? Mm -hmm. And for me, I know that it's this... Even though I'm not always super calm, it's this like sense of normal living. Like I was, I remember my tagline used to be keep it real before real was this overly used word. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's like, let's do life together. So I'm continuing to do life and that hasn't changed. So people have been saying like, let's keep things normal with little sprinkles of, okay, let's talk real life. Like how Mm -hmm. am I actually entertaining my kids? How am I actually staying sane? Because I too am you know, doing this isolation thing. And it's like, you know, so it's, it's like a little bit of everything, but let's keep it not chaotic and stress everybody out. Yep. Yep.
1: So in this word gets used a lot, but is authenticity a, a huge part of your brand?
4: It's ev- everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's I think the greatest compliment that I ever get is people who have been like, hey, I've been watching you since your first video in Malaysia, because I actually was living in Malaysia when I started all of this. <laughs> and they're like, we've been with you this whole time. And if anything, the only thing that's changed is just the volume that you speak at, because at the time <laughs> I had a tiny baby that was sleeping all the time. Oh, so you had a whisper, yeah. Axel you volume, know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I was literally like, okay, she's napping. We can do this video. You you were living in Malaysia with your baby. Like you had your baby over there? I did. I had both my kids uh, living in Malaysia. I married a pilot. So we we have lived we lived there for four and a half years and have jumped around. And now we're I'm not even from Ontario. Like I'm from Montreal. Anyway, so we've moved around a bunch, but we're settled now in Ontario.
1: And because uh, I was just watching the past season of The The Bachelor, and apparently being a pilot is a very, uh, like, women love that. So <laughs> is it all it's cracked up to be?
3: See,
4: them ladies, they say that, so they got to live with one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. Like, I talk a lot about solo parenting, and I get a lot of flack for that word, but it's he is not here all the time. Yeah. And so we have a routine, myself and the kids. I have two kids, by the way. My daughter Esme is eight, and Jack is just turned six. And we have like a Three Musketeers thing going on when Daddy's away, and it's not always cracked up to be because yeah. I'm just gonna say, like people who marry a masseuse, I doubt you're getting massages every day. Like <laughs> he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't want to go anywhere. I'm like, for the love of God, man, like let's go. I mean, not now, obviously, <laughs> but um, you know, traveling is not top of mind for a person that travels for a living.
3: Yeah.
1: So uh, his idea of a vacation is would be like a staycation.
4: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, we, we moved into a new place last summer, and it's got this epic backyard. And he's like, we don't got a leaf. Like, we'll just put the pool. We got the old building. building himself yeah. a little shed back there. Like, yeah.
1: And uh, right now, what is your main uh, thing that's the most popular? Is it Instagram? Is it YouTube? Is there something else that I don't know about?
4: Well, it's interesting. So, my, my main hub is, like, YouTube is... I say my bread and butter kind of yep. thing. But Instagram, I mean, Instagram is so instant, obviously. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. where everything's happening, and I feel that you can show bits and pieces from your day in a way that works for me and what I like to share, you know, just very much doing life together. Uh, but I also love my podcast for the intimacy of it. I started mm-hmm. that, like, two years ago. And I, I always say that when people land on my little nook of the Internet, it's like having coffee with a friend. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I can talk, and so the podcast is such an amazing place to have these longer experiences. Because, like, yeah. you know, inst you know, in- Instagram and YouTube, you got to be really quick with your messaging because people's attention spans are a little bit shorter. But oh, with a podcast, you know, like mm-hmm. it's. A different vibe. I love
1: the podcast. And yeah, I find the podcast too, like it's so much more when Alex and I do it for us. Like when we're done it, we just feel better. Whereas the Instagram, I feel like Alex is more for the people.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It it, it seems more of a, it's fun, but to get that post out when you're feeling tired or whatever. Well, and it's just a conversation
1: you might not ever have otherwise.
0: Yeah. Oh, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you, you're doing like a series right now for your vlog about Mm -hmm. uh, the quarantine life. (laughs) So since we're all in that, uh, what have you guys been doing? Like, what's your, what's your, what's the biggest difference? I want to ask in your life now.
4: (laughs) Well, thank God my husband, Dean is home because he just got on with a new airline. And so they actually started training like just before everything kind of went lockdown on the province. Oh, Yeah. But then they didn't send them home for a week. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, you know, he wasn't in an airport, but he was still sitting in a room with 40 other people. So mm. I'm, I'm thrilled that that's done. But I feel like not much has changed in terms of, like, I work from home. You know, the kids, they're older. They can entertain themselves. We've got a great big backyard. We live in the suburbs, so we can go for walks. And I don't worry really about bumping into anyone. And- yeah, for sure. But I feel that it's because I'm such an extroverted extrovert, that's the hard part is like, I just want to go for lunch and like, (laughs) you know, like Mm -hmm. walk around the mall for an hour and have people um, to talk to. Exactly. So that part's tricky, but you know, I was listening to one of your podcasts on my walk with the dogs this evening. (laughs) And you know, I think Shane, you were talking about maintaining a routine and a schedule. And if I didn't have that schedule right now, it'd be a little loco. I do feel like it's a it's like a rotation of a Saturday on repeat every day cuz like everybody's home and everybody's in my space. Mm-hmm. But I find it's like what I do when Dean is away. We have like one activity, whether that's we're going to go ride a bike or we're going to go geocaching or we're going to like do a scavenger hunt in the backyard like Wait, something. what is geocaching?
0: I, was just ask <gasps> that. I have never heard of that. You guys, oh, are okay. We losers?
4: No, but <laughs> Um, you have a little one, like a little, little. So it's yeah. different. Um, essentially, geocaching. So you're going to, after this little chat here, you got to go check it out. So 100%. you get an app. And I'm talking, it's essentially like an adult tech-based treasure hunt. And they're all over the world. Like when you open up this app in your area, you're going to see like 500 of them. It's so max. it's like Pokemon so, Go? Yeah. Kind of. But then there's a real thing that you're looking for. So oh. a lot of the times they're like a pill bottle sized Container wrapped in camo, hidden in this area, and you're following this map to get to it. Wait, uh, and so, <laughs> wait,
1: so would would this be an art? Like, I live in Hamilton, in Canada. Oh, would, yeah. th- would this be a that, really?
0: So wait, wait, hundred percent. Can, 100%. can wow. anybody put these objects? Like, is somebody going to geocache a gun? <laughs> No. I doubt it. That'd be insane. Yeah, that'd no, well, extreme. Was, yeah. Well, that's It's just, like no, my dad was a like a pill oh God, bottle wrapping you have to be camel. Careful. <laughs> and
4: I was like settle down. What's inside of it? Okay, so then there's a I learned about a lot of times what people do is they'll go let's say to the the dollar store and they'll get like little trinkets, mm-hmm. small enough that you could put inside. So like when the kids and I went one time, they found like like a painted little rock and it oh, said cool. joy on it. And then a lot of times you go and you open this little container and, and people like they'll they you know it's hard it's kind of weird to explain but you kind of write your name and the date so I put Esme and Jack and I put the date and you put it back in and then people do like they go on walks and they try to find these treasures so what's super fun about it is like it's hard to get two children to just like let's go for a walk for an hour and a half but when you're looking for something and it's this it's really cool so it's a whole like niche thing
0: yeah it's really fun that's really amazing.
1: I'm well, checking this out for sure. Pokemon- Mainly because I do not believe you.
0: No, it's <laughs> crazy. But Pokemon Go was the one summer in which everybody in the world, much like we're doing now, but opposite on the mm-hmm. enjoyability spectrum. Mm-hmm. It was like the one summer that everybody was out there and it's connecting true. and everybody was outside.
1: Yeah, oh, I yeah. felt left out of that. So now I'm definitely Direct intrigued on this. this. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Um, but coming back to this whole
4: thing, like, yeah, like the, the quarantine life, it is it is a true pace yourself existence at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, we have our TV in the basement. And then, mind you, my kids have iPads. Like, don't get me wrong. They're watching their iPads mm-hmm. free for all at the moment. But, you know, we'll all get together and watch a movie at night. But it's not like the TV's playing all day. Right. Um, and we're trying to, like, just stay entertained because yeah. – it's such uncertain times and having children that are older who are very much aware of what's going on. It's like, I want to be as honest as possible, but guess what? Don't really know what's going to happen. We're going to have fun, but also like, you're not going to be totally freaked out because I noticed my daughter was a little anxious at the beginning of the week and Mm -hmm. wasn't doing well with eating and stuff. And I was like, oh, What's going on here, you know? Yeah. So it's really like maintaining this calmness and the sense of like we're just going to ride this out and like see what happens, you know?
0: Now, how how do you go about explaining that cuz I was thinking about that with kids, like I mean Lucy's too young to, you know, have mm-hmm. any kind of idea. But how do you go about addressing that with older kids? Like did you just come right out and talk about Very, it? Very
4: um I mean, I'm obviously biased cuz I'm their parent, you know, their <laughs> mother, but like We have like this different life because these children have lived in many places and they spend a lot of time with adults and my husband is older and I don't know. It's just they're very like well versed and have we have cool chats. They're wise Um, beyond their years. I would say like if you ever catch Esme on a podcast, like it surprises me even when I listen back to it. Mm -hmm. But I'm just honest and naturally they are like, oh, school is there's no more school you know mm-hmm. and when they came home they had to pack up their backpacks with everything because the school's like we don't know what's happening now mind yeah. you the school's been weird anyway with all the striking happening so oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been a weird year so I'm honest and we talk about you know what's happening do you guys any questions let's get through this you know we can't see grandpa at the moment because mm-hmm. we're trying to like keep our germs to ourself and you know like they've got friends that back onto our backyard that we usually like just hop the fence and go chill with but can't do that at the moment so that's been tricky but again I'm not like a doom and gloom kind of person in my nature so it's like hey we can talk about it and like here's the time to talk about it and now we're gonna move on and do life so yeah Yeah. it's like because you don't want they can handle more than we think and they're Mm -hmm. very yeah they're like very much can adapt and are capable of processing information maybe even better than we are sometimes Mm because like they're not on Instagram all day looking yeah. at everybody's terrifying. They don't have finances you know, to worry about.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. So it's basically like kids are so adaptable. So it's like, look, this is our life right now, and we're just going to have fun. We're going to mm-hmm. go about it the best as we can. Totally. Has, who's having the most difficult time with it, you think? Like you, your husband, or the kids?
3: Um.
4: That's a good question. So the husband just kinda went on lockdown now yesterday. So okay. I think maybe he's struggling the most. Yeah. <laughs> he's kinda <Yeah>. like, <laughs> okay. Oh, you're all here together. <laughs> so um, and because he's the parent who is the one that is leaving, mm-hmm. right? Like he's always the one that has to go places. Like when dad's home, he's like way more fun to the children. So they're like up in, you know, his business a little bit more than mine. So I'm just kind of like, cool, you guys do. So I think he's probably struggling the most. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, he goes in waves because like I heard someone speaking on Instagram the other day and I had such a laugh because they were like, you know, we're all talking about parents being home with our children and ah, what are we going to do? But like there are so many couples right now who are not accustomed to being with their partner this many hours in a day, mm-hmm. this many days in a row. So I think it's good. it's interesting times.
0: Well, right before we had you on, we had a sex and relationship therapist on the line. And mm. we were talking to her about that. And Shane asked if from her work with people, if she foresees, you know, more relationships becoming stronger or more divorces. And she said, if we look to China as an example, Uh, She doesn't know the exact stats on it, but there has been a huge increase in people filing for divorce. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Uh,
4: that's tricky. Like, fortunately, Dean has such a strange job that he's often home, like, way more than the average person. So we kind of... We're very good at just like, okay, I'm going to go do my life now and like you do you. I'm going to work out. I'm going to go for a walk. Like we're very, you know, you just kind of leave each other be a bit, little lone wolf situation Mm -hmm. as much as
0: possible. uh, I find it's a good tactic. (laughs) Actually, you mentioned working out and that's the last thing I want to ask you because you do post out workout videos every day uh, Mm -hmm. and I'm trying not to be such a lazy pregnant woman, but it's so hard to fight the tiredness and the belly cramps and everything that comes with it. But what is your favorite at-home quarantine workout?
4: I follow a few creators, but I really love her name is Maddie, but she's mad fit on Instagram and on YouTube. It's a little intense. So, like, let's be (laughs) honest. When I was pregnant, I put on, like, 80 pounds each time, and I was really good at sitting and anxiety eating. So, like, working out wasn't my thing. Um, So it's hard. I feel that. But I do have to work out because of my – like, just to stay sane. Like, I can't. Yeah, it's it like
0: just gets rid of that buzz, you know, that stress that's kinda ongoing. No, absolutely. So I'm wondering if I checked out Mad Fit and mm-hmm. did an augmented pregnancy workout for lazy pregnant women that that might help.
4: Honestly. Just it's just moving. Even you know mm-hmm. what I prefer though? I love a love a good yoga sash. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, like yoga with Adrian, She's got such a cool vibe on YouTube and um, that's always nice just to get things moving a bit, you know?
0: Absolutely, yeah. Well, well to get things moving here, where can uh, listeners find you if they want to go and give you a follow, your podcast, your YouTube? How can they find you on the internet?
4: Sure, so it is Amanda Muse pretty much everywhere. The podcast is called The Sandwich and yeah, if you search Amanda and Malaysia, I'm probably the only one there. So. Amanda
0: in Malaysia?
4: Yeah. If you Google that. It's about the only girl who's gonna pop up. So That's
0: amazing. <laughs> Into it. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for joining us tonight. That was lots of fun. And uh, stay safe and stay sane, I guess. You guys too. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. All Absolutely. Right. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Beauty. So she's been at it for a while.
1: She had a good energy that she was making me feel the better. The best. I'm yeah. feeling
0: better. I'm feeling energized and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I could do something right now. <laughs> Whoa.
1: Whoa. <laughs> don't give me too many details, Alex. Do we have, we have questions up. from the people.
0: Okay. So we've got a few questions from the people. Um, we saved most of them for the relationship therapist because, of course, she is more qualified than us. However, there are a couple we didn't get to. So the first one. Husband's out of work now and I'm a stay-at-home mom. I believe chores and child care should be 50-50 now. This is a question from a follower. However, I have had people in my friend group wondering this too. Uh, they feel like maybe they're still doing the majority of the work around the house and with the kids. Yeah. And their spouses are just accustomed to it. So even though they're home and out of work at the moment, uh, they still feel like, it's not their duty. So I want to get your opinion on that before I say mine, because mine is going to be obvious, I think, which is just that they absolutely should be 50-50 at mm-hmm. that point. But where, where do you stand on that?
1: Do you think in this scenario playing with the kids is considered a chore? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like-
0: Especially depending on age. If they're a little bit older and they're more independent, then it's different In a sense, unless you're like maybe carting them around to sports or something like that. But, you know, if they're toddlers especially, they need so much attention. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Like Lucy gets bored after 20 seconds by herself. And she wants somebody to constantly engage with her. And if somebody's not engaging with her, she starts to act out and she turns to a little brat.
1: Yeah, but I think, I don't know, I like doing everything. Mm -hmm. To me, it's all fun and easy. Uh, But... Yeah, it should, it should be 50-50. And the problem is some people will just say things like very like wishy-washy, like, oh, I'm going to start doing that. It's like the, the person who's hearing that, it's usually the woman in this scenario, needs to say, oh, you are? Okay, let's make a concrete plan. When are you going to do that again? Okay, let's write this down. Okay, so you got Monday, I got Tuesday, then you'll do Wednesday, Thursday, I'll do Friday, Saturday, whatever it is. Yeah. But just it has to go from a throwaway comment that just is appeasing the woman in the in the time period to a concrete plan
0: and putting something in action. I I think that's where there's a huge issue, because sometimes you might have a partner who's just going to say something to, like you said, appease you or just make you happy, or you know they want to see you smile. So they go, oh, it's okay, you know, I'll take the kids tomorrow while you get you have that time to take a bath and do your nails and stuff, and then for the person hearing that, they might be like, wow. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's so wonderful. Maybe they don't want to rock the boat and they don't want to put that into action mm-hmm. because they just assume it's going to happen. But then it doesn't happen. It rarely happens if it's just a comment like that. So I do think it's a great point to take that comment yeah. and make it work.
1: Because let's face it too, if a man does one day's worth of chores, he'll feel like he just did the ultimate thing yep. because he did that for one day and then he'll take the rest of the week off <laughs> because he's done his job, right? And that's... Yeah. That's the way, like, I feel that way. If I do something cool, like, oh, look, I made breakfast today. It's like, well, I do that every day in my effing life, Shane. Yeah. So it's not that cool. like, And it's not like you're the babysitter. You're also the co-parent. Parent. And mm-hmm. men forget that easily. No, but I mm-hmm. think so.
0: In, I mean, you have friends. You talk to your friends. So you get more of a male perspective than I do. Because I only get it through my experience with you and from, you know, my girlfriend's. Who talk but, about their husbands and complain about their mm-hmm. husbands or whatever.
1: But our situation is a little different because you're not great at being on top of the chores.
0: Oh, I hate chores so
1: and much. And really, uh, being here full time, I'm really <laughs> seeing uh, the ingenious ways you find to kind of procrastinate. But, hold on, you do have an excuse because you are pregnant. You know, when when Lou goes to bed, if it was me, and just hold on because you're looking at me so crazy right now, I would do some chores however i know you're tired and pregnant
0: even even if i wasn't pregnant i'd be tired i know eight o'clock at night i know
1: but i would i would be doing those chores so i'm more in the house i feel like i'm more of the chore person than you
0: well look at this i have been all week keeping this house in great shape and now we're at a spot like we've been talking about in one of our minis
1: what's your key to keeping the house in great shape
0: well you got to do the big clean up and then you just have to get it to a point where you can maintain it and we've been mm-hmm. maintaining both of us
1: yeah i've been handling the kitchen pretty much entirely
0: no for the kitchen needs to be done twice a day
1: i do it twice a day
0: i do it once a day alex so what it's three I, times a day it needs i to be do done? it
1: every every morning and I, then in the afternoon i do it
0: i do it in the uh, after dinners
1: so the one day i tested you i didn't do it Bologna. to baloney i did i saw what would happen dishwasher doesn't get touched if i don't do it i've realized Honestly, I'm, I'm like, I, I know you're I've pregnant. Done it, it's like, okay, I've babe. done
0: it like five times this week, the dishwasher.
1: Okay, I've done it, not counting here, but probably over 30 times.
0: Well, how like, are we, using that many dishes might be our bigger problem. Because
1: we're home 24-7. We haven't left the house. Every meal's eaten on a dish. I know. And, and, and you're eating a lot of meals and <laughs> and snack and we're all snacking. You're pregnant. <laughs> That's what I, yeah, continue. What's the next question?
0: All right. Uh-huh.
1: Come on, don't do that into the microphone. No one wants to hear that.
0: All right, sweetheart. All right, best advice on finances. Joint versus separate account? Student loans?
1: Uh, I say keep the account together. It just makes everything easier. You know how much money you have, which helps if you're planning on making any investments or anything. When people segment their money, or like I've heard of people, they'll take a certain amount, and a certain amount from their paycheck, and they'll use that as a pool. Mm-hmm. It's harder to know how much you actually have collectively, and people get more secretive about things. And then if you have a, a great opportunity to maybe buy an investment property or something to, as a couple, you might it might take you a couple extra years to do that because you don't know uh, what the whole pot is.
0: Well, I honestly, I just, I don't see the benefit in having separate accounts at all well
1: there is a benefit if something should happen it's yeah, a lot easier you're, then to you're, keep track then you're
0: prepping your whole relationship for a separation well or a sometimes divorce. it is a
1: good idea to be cautious and you know but be- that's
0: but that's it's an interesting angle for me to think of it that way to go into you know a marriage
1: but let's say uh, let's say. For for us, it's all negligible because neither of us are independently wealthy, and Mm -hmm. I'm not some movie star. But let's say I was worth a hundred mil, and I marry this hot little number named Alex Lamparski. Okay, some people might consider me a darn fool if I just said, "Oh, let's pool our money." So your income does matter, (laughs) what you're making. For us, who cares? It's like we're dealing with not a lot. But for some people, it makes sense, and anyone's decision that's well thought out is a good decision. It's Mm -hmm. just a lot of people, they don't even think about it or they'll get caught into this weird scenario where they're guessing who paid for dinner last and those relationships really confuse me. What do
0: you do with the bills? Or like if you're going on a vacation, do you ask your spouse for vacation money? All of these just seem like conversations that can be avoided and and weird moments that can be avoided by pooling together. For me, one of the biggest issues, I would be constantly so curious about what the hell my, my spouse was doing with their extra money the mm. money that you're not putting in our family pool or spending on me when we go up for dinner or spending on something for the family what the hell are you doing well, with that so money? Like,
1: like i was saying some people might have a ton of money where they're just saving it
0: yeah i don't know i would i would just feel so uncomfortable with that personally okay i'd be always what do you, what's the word suspicious i'd be always suspicious
1: um let's see another question
0: all right Another question we have What to do when you disagree about parenting techniques? So, we're lucky because I again, Lucy's not that old, so and because I'm the one that's with her all the time, I kind of figure out what's gonna work. And, sorry, what's repeat the question? What do you do when you disagree on parenting techniques?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I think that you and I are in the same headspace for the most part and everything's pretty intuitive up to this point I think it might get harder as Lucy gets a little older uh, and problems get bigger but the nice thing about this podcast too is that we have so many parent experts on that help form our opinions even before we get to certain stages so by the time we get to that stage we've already talked to somebody about this yeah and uh, then we both kind of know where to go
1: Yeah, like 100%. Like we had the one guest on who was talking about food Mm -hmm. and how to not put a certain value on any one piece of food because kids are so ingenious at figuring out what the adults are trying to do. So I notice, and I do this all the time too, but if Lucy has a piece of broccoli in front of her and you're like, look at that yummy broccoli, (laughs) I'll be like, Alex, let's remember not to place a value on that because Lou knows. Oh, that that's bullshit this isn't yummy
0: yeah and you know we've had them for food and for behavior and all these different types so I think that a good way to get you and your spouse on the same page is to you know read the same parenting book read the same articles listen to this family tree podcast with the same expert guests and develop your opinions together as you go through them because that that's a, that can be a huge thing disagreeing on parenting techniques, especially if you feel pretty strong about them. So if you have the ability to develop them together, then do that and, and start taking that initiative to maybe looking for a good book online or something informative that you can go, well, bleep, that you can both get behind.
1: Well, and also if you're you're finding you're having a lot of problems on the fly mm-hmm. uh, which can happen, try to have some discussions offline, not in front of the child uh, so it doesn't happen the next time because usually, You know, it's always the same five f and problems that come up with parenting. Absolutely. So you can just kind of come to a resolve not in front of the child. Yep. We normally don't do this, but we're going to end with a call. Hello, Shaheen. Hello, welcome to this Family Tree podcast. And I forgot your alias. What are we supposed to call you again?
5: Um, let's go with Abraham. Yeah, let's go with Abraham. That'll be fun.
1: Okay so we've we've we haven't introduced you at all but uh, just to do an introduction while you're on the air you are one of the wealthiest smartest savvy business people i know and you know a lot about is, is the stock market and investments and uh, that's something that i think a lot of people are Shane, th- set yes. the
5: bar low please set the bar low <laughs> like i don't know what is happening right now? You're you're setting this up to be a very large failure.
1: First of all, hi Alex.
0: Hey, how you doing? Wait,
1: don't say his name. Oh, We're gonna edit that out. We'll don't beep worry. it. Don't, what, no what's problem. his name again? What do we call Abraham? Abraham. Abraham. Okay. So, there you go. Okay, so
5: Alex can do whatever she wants. Shane, you just I, be quiet. I no, appreciate
0: kidding. that. <laughs> I'm about to kick Shane out of here. I'll I'll take a new one.
5: Hey hey, Uh, Abe Before we we get the pod really started Because I know that there's a whole structure I only have one question Shane can I please ask Alice this one question please Yes I've always wanted to ask a woman this I've never really had pregnant women around me Um, What does it feel like to grow a human inside you And then have it become Girl with Apple. I'm so curious. (laughs) It's sort of like girls are curious, like, what's it feel like to get kicked in the nuts? And they'll never know that. This isn't that. I'm just trying to use a funny reference. But, like, I'm so wanting someone to explain that feeling that there's an alien inside you. And then one day... You know shane's going to be blasting pictures of the child all over the internet because he loves the child i'm so curious what that feels like can you please tell me
0: well for the long answer i'd have i and i will have you over and you can sit down while shane cooks us a nice dinner and have a bottle of wine with me and i will be more than happy to go through every phase i'm I'm sorry i've seen
5: the way that shane eats he's not in charge of food i will cook (laughs) Shane is in charge of dishes What is this right
0: now So Shane can work on something in the office Sam you can cook us a meal I'll pour the wine And I'll go through every stage In short It's the craziest thing you will ever experience It's the best It's the worst It's the funniest It's the happiest It is the most overwhelming And it fucking hurts a lot And Mm -hmm. That's
1: It kinda of reminded me of what you just said of that uh I'm a sinner, I'm a saint, <laughs> I'm a bitch, I'm a What?
5: <laughs> Alex, listen, is there any feeling that is mutually feelable in terms of the feeling of having something move around inside you like that? Like I'm just that's last question on this. No. no, no, no there's was, there's no You not, can't compare
0: it. No, um it, it was funny because when I like you know when I was pregnant with Lucy, I remember the first kicks that I had, and mm. they totally shocked me and took me by surprise. But they happened quite earlier than they did this time around. And then I was just feeling this like really kind of, you know, weak kind of kicks, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's cool, but whatever, it's not right. amazing. And then one day, this kid just gave me such a hard one, and now she hasn't stopped and. It is so crazy to be feeling that because you can kind of tell where their feet are and how they're positioned Mm -hmm. based on how they're moving. And to think that she's over a foot long at this point and like so developed is so bizarre. But nothing, nothing comes close to that feeling, like zero.
5: Alex. Thank you. I know right now Shane is grinding his teeth because he's
1: like, this is not what this is
5: supposed to be about. Shane, I'm really sorry. That was the one question I had to ask. What's up? What do you need to know?
1: So how can people prepare for this potential economic crisis on our hands? Like, is there going to be, how bad is it going to be? Is there going to be uh, a a big problem? If you have investments, if you have stocks, if you have a uh, income property, what do you do right now? And how worried should you be? Uh, about it
5: I would say first of all don't worry it's this is the advice I gave to my to my niece Mm -hmm. Uh, I said either the world will end or we will recover and everything will be okay so living cashing an emotional check that you haven't earned remember you and I talked about this uh, a long time ago I said do you have a million bucks a million dollar check in your in your wallet and you're like no I'm like okay then don't cash an emotional check that you haven't earned mm. right now. As long as we listen to the doctors, with that link that I sent you to the to the doctor in McMaster. Yes. As long as we listen to them and quarantine, so that we don't overburden the healthcare system uh, and allow this thing to to pan out uh, in such a way that it's supposed to, we'll come out on it on the positive end. One, two. Panicking never solves anything. I know that sounds like such an obvious statement, but worrying about the end of the world is mm-hmm. it's not going to solve itself right now. There's legislation in place where people who can't afford their mortgages can go and get the payments deferred for six months. Mm-hmm. But here's, here's the catch. The banks aren't stupid. They're doing compound interest. Uh, it will take longer for me to explain it in detail as to the numbers of how that works. But essentially what it means is, uh, they're charging interest on top of interest. Right. Mm. So ultimately, you're paying more on the back end. So you have to do the calculations on whether or not that's worth it, based on what do you have in terms of savings, in terms of borrowing opportunity from either the big banks or private lending, which you know the interest on that's going higher and higher. Last I checked, I think it was like 12 percent, and yeah. it's probably higher now. Uh, and then you know, looking to family. If, yeah. if you have that opportunity, and I, and I know not everybody does, everyone's trapped, everything is super high risk, especially right now. The best thing you can do right now is to hold on to your cash. Right. And what I'm seeing in terms of, because Shane and I were chatting the other day about, oh, should I buy stocks? And I'll tell you, it is not a buying opportunity right now. Right now, it's an opportunity for the actual professionals, which are few and far between, to gouge people who are jumping on this so-called market crash. Yeah. And- if you take a look take a look at some of the stocks, you'll see one day it's down like twenty percent and then it bounces back up twenty, twenty five. And you're like, oh, I missed the boat. No, what's happening is they're pumping it and then they're dumping it. Right. And these guys all know each other. So you what you need to do is to just chill, hold on to your cash, mm-hmm. wait until the bottom hits. The best way to know how the bottom is on a stock is to Google the book value. The book value is what it's actually worth. So you see right now it's it's this um it's this buying frenzy that a lot of so called savvy investors with wealth wealth simple and all these these younger people who don't mm. really know how this stuff works and they feel like, yeah, I got skinning again. I remember when way back when I had the same sort of a feeling during the pot craze and I lost like ten G's.
1: You lost money over pot?
5: I lost ten G's, but there was that specific stock. But uh, mm. overall, I gained.
1: <laughs> All right. I was going to say, this doesn't sound like Abe. No, no, no.
5: It's uh, I'm talking about a specific... See, what happens is you you enter a frenzy. Right now, there's a frenzy, which is a fear frenzy. If you guys mm. think back on 2017, just look at the numbers in December 2017. Mm-hmm. People were going crazy buying shares. Yeah. Everyone. and that, And as soon as everyone's buying shares... That's the time you got to leave the casino. Uh, Conserve as much of the money that you're spending on things that you don't actually need as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like across the board, be extreme with it.
0: We're doing that right now.
5: Pretend like the world's ending. Like, what do you really, really not need? It's pretty easy to pretend that right now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, basically, my biggest advice is right now don't ever go to a bank. Mm-hmm. And ask for help in uh investing. Right. Okay. They're not there to help you. Yeah. So they're 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 there to sell you an investment product that they earn a commission on in some way, shape, or form. Now, yeah. they might say we have a fiduciary responsibility. That person who's authorized and promoting that product might not get a commission. But you know what? Their salary might be dependent on in a year how many people they sign up. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, Sam, I don't so basically what I want to get out of this is if you're okay. a 40-year-old woman, you have two kids, a six-year-old and an eight-year-old, you want to make a fast buck, getting into the stock market is not for you. 100%. Yeah.
5: I mean, sure, you can go online and you see a ton of videos and tutorials on how to do it, but I'll tell you something. If those people were actually doing it, they wouldn't be spending that time creating all those videos and marketing and promoting it, geotagging it so that you, the person who's not, who's who's on the, maybe I can do it and you're Googling it. And then all of a sudden you see all these ads.
1: Gotcha, so there is no fast money, there is no get-rich-quick scheme, and, and Abe,
0: <laughs> I'm
1: so glad uh, we got to talk to you, because I think a lot of people are concerned in this, and I think you kind of nailed it right off the top with saying the world's either going to end or or it's not, so...
0: And personally, Abe, uh, I am so excited for those Afghani eats uh, after this baby comes out.
1: Don't know what that One. means, but... <laughs>
0: Say that's between me and Alex. Okay, <laughs> okay.
1: well, you, uh, Abe, you have a great night. I really appreciate everything uh, that you've given to us tonight and given to me in my entire life, which has been a lot. I know we kid, we rib, but uh, you do mean a lot to me, and I hope you do not get this terrible virus.
5: Same to you as well. <laughs> I appreciate both of you guys. You guys are – I watch all the stuff that you're putting out there, and I – I'm very honored to be on your pod. Thank you for having me. I
1: was just going to call you Honest Abe, and then you go and do that. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good night, Abe. Take care.
0: Good night, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, Shane.
1: Jeez, what a, I don't know if uh, Abe is just too smart for me, but I was getting sleepy during that.
0: Well, I I think Abe is incredibly smart, and I think his brain is going in a million directions at once, so when it comes to explaining it to lay people who might not be on board with it, it it sounds overwhelming, and we can't take a lot of information well,
1: we gotta it. end this I am uh, well, thank you for listening to This, this Family Tree, Tree Podcast. Podcast
0: episode 31
1: not a mini